Blog Talk Radio. Holbert Show. I am your host, Adon Holbert. Uh, for the first time in, I want to say, a year, maybe two years, I'm actually bringing back Keeping It Real Fridays. Now, those of you who are newer listeners, uh, you may not be familiar with, you know, what, what I do and how I've done it, but, you know, if you go back 10, you know, 11 years when I ro- you know, rolled out uh, Keeping It Real Fridays, it, it really... Uh, just kind of redefine talk radio, you know, just the level of realness, the level of uh, just how, how deep we went, went into certain topics back when, you know, Gerald was on the show, back when Yolanda was on the show, Courtney and some other people uh, did the show. But I really want to just keep that going, you know, and I, I specifically uh, wanted to bring back Keeping It Real Fridays today because I want to, you know, keep it real about a lot of different things. I want to, want to talk about Donald Trump today. Uh, I want to talk about the whole uh, Omarosa, uh, you know, fiasco that's going on with the the hidden tapes, the secret recordings. I want to talk about uh, all that stuff. I want to talk about uh, LeBron James and, and the opening of his I Promise School. And, 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 you know, so I want to talk about that. I don't want to combine the two. I want to talk about that and how I believe that's a really great thing. But I also want to talk about the back and forth that's been going on with Donald Trump and LeBron James, and just my thoughts on that. I want to keep it real about that. I want to talk a little bit about, uh, definitely rest in peace to Aretha Franklin. I want to talk about a little bit about her life, but I also want to talk about, you know, what I've been seeing, you know, from a, a dating standpoint, a relationship standpoint, in regards to respectability. You know, one of Aretha Franklin, Franklin's most popular songs was, you know, talked about respect. R-E-S-P-E-C-T, like that's what, you know, I think about when I think about her career. And, you know, I look now at at music. Uh, I look at, uh, you know, television. I look at a lot of different things that are going on out here, and there's not a lot of that happening. There's not a lot of respectability or not a lot of women uh, who are respecting themselves. And I want to talk about that. I want to talk about some very specific things surrounding respect. And I also, but I want to, you know what I mean? I want to just honor her life, you know, because I feel like that's what she was passionate about. And so that's what I want to do today. Uh, so I want to jump right into it. I mean, there's a lot, of, a lot of stuff I want to get into. You know, uh, first, I, I went away on vacation for a little bit. Um, 
you know, last week. Shout out to uh, my family, my wife, kids. We went down to uh, Ocean City, Maryland, and, you know, we had a great time. And I come back, and and it seems like all hell is breaking loose. And sometimes, y'all know me, I'm very active on social media. I do the talk show. I'm on Facebook. I'm on different things. And, you know, I see a lot, and sometimes it just gets to be too much. You know, I just, like, when I went away, I went to the jacuzzi, I went to the beach, I went to the pool. I just wanted to be away from, you know, all the drama, all the craziness. But I come back, and, you know, everyone's going crazy about Donald Trump. Everyone's going crazy about, you know, a lot of different things. So I I wanted to talk about it. I don't even know where to start. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, where do you even start with all this? Let me say this. Let me say this. I want to talk a little bit more about Aretha later on, but. Anybody ever heard of this young woman, Queen Niger? I don't. I'm not familiar with this young woman. Evidently, she has a song out, and in this song, it's talking about, you know, it, it's basically about revenge sex. You know, you are a a woman in a relationship being cheated on, and you decide that you're going to get back person that you are dealing with by having sex with taking your clothes off for someone else, right? Okay, I'm just going to throw some names out there. SZA has an album out, a, a quote-unquote critically acclaimed album. I'm saying the quote-unquote because I don't know who thinks that that's critically acclaimed. Like what critics are saying it's good to glorify being a, a jump-off, a, a mistress, a, a you know what I mean, someone's side piece. But that's what SZA it, it has been Grammy nominated for. Um, so yeah, we have Queen Naja out, number one song, SZA, number one song, number one album. Everyone knows Beyonce, who has a, a career of literally prancing around butt naked, you know, glorifying promiscuity, sexuality, uh, and specifically promiscuity and sexuality amongst young women. You know, every pick a girl, any girl, these young women out here all know Beyonce's songs. They're all, you know, singing the lyrics, and, and the lyrics are not, you know, they're not anything that young girls should be singing about. You know, back in the day, we had Aretha, you know, saying, hey, you know, respect me. You're not going to do whatever you want to me. I'm going to respect myself. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's, you know, Whitney Houston, Aretha Franklin, Gladys Knight, like so many people, Diana Ross, like they, they sang about women's empowerment, like not just Beyonce type of women's empowerment, not Nicki Minaj, but like actual empowerment. Like, I'm a strong black woman. I am someone who is who is able to take care of themselves, who will respect themselves and demand respect from others. But now this new generation of Nicki Minaj who comes out with the fake hair, the fake nails, the sexual vibe, the the you know um, glorification of bisexuality, um, promiscuity. These are things that are not anything that any of us should want for our own children. You know, the people in our lives that we care about. You know, Cardi B is out here glorifying prostitution, you know. Um, And so, and these are just, these are like five different women, five different of the, five different, you know, artists, if you even want to call them that, that all are basically and essentially doing the opposite, putting out music the opposite of what arguably the greatest singer of all time, Aretha Franklin, Sang about. So it's like, for me, if we're going to honor Aretha Franklin, if we're going to 
you know, talk about how great her music was, if we're going to say, wow, she was the greatest, and wow, you know, rest in peace, and all these tributes popping up, that's great. But don't, how do you celebrate greatness, like real greatness, true greatness, but then at the same time, you know, call your radio station and request Queen Niger, who gets played about a million times a day all throughout the country, SZA, you know, Beyonce, Nicki Minaj, Cardi B. How do you, where, how, you know what I mean? Like, how do those two things go together? They're literally, they're, they're opposite of each other. And so, my, so I don't, not to go on and on about that, but I just noticed that. It's like, wow, rest in peace to Whitney Houston, rest in peace to Aretha Franklin. But now look at the new generation of women who are like the opposite. You know, not even, I'm not even talking about talent-wise. Forget the talent. I'm just talking about what they represent. You know, because, I mean, no one's comparing to Whitney or Aretha, you know, those guys, talent-wise. We don't even need to go there. So so there's that. So think about that. I also, I don't know where you guys are listening from, you know, different parts of the country, different parts of the world, but here in Philadelphia the other day, we had a, a, a really uh, crazy situation in a Walmart. Shout-out to all my Philadelphia people listening in. But I'm hanging out with one of my homies, actually. We, you know, we met up, and we're just talking, um, standing outside. And next thing you know, we see, like, 20, 30 car, cop cars, like, flying by. And they're flying down the street on both sides of the street. Like, you know, normally you move over. Like, they're like, look, just get off the road totally. They're taking up the whole street, flying down the street, sirens. I'm like, what the heck is going on? Go home, turn on the news, find out that there was a shooting inside the Walmart. Now, the crazy thing is I don't live too far from there. And that made, what was it, today's Friday. That probably happened, what, Wednesday? I was literally at that same Walmart with my daughter the other day. Um, I was at, you know, I, I go there. Like the Models is right next to there. I get my, my tennis uh, supplies from that Models, go to that Walmart. And it's like, a guy, if you don't, if you're not from Philly, you don't you hear about it. Somebody had a dispute. He's with this young woman, with his, his girlfriend or whatever. He has a fight with somebody in the Walmart. He pulls a gun out of her waistband. The woman is carrying the gun. He pulls it from her waistband and starts just just shooting. Now, just crazy. You know, we saw some interviews with the guy. They were saying that, uh, you know, he, he hadn't slept in five days. He had a lot going on. But, and that's what I'm talking about. People are just out here crazy. So I say all that to say, some of you may wonder, like, well, where are you going with this? You know, a couple of weeks prior to that, it was reported that there were like something like 70 shootings uh, in, the, uh, in the Chicago area, many, many deaths, but 70, 70 shootings over the course of a weekend, I believe. One of the things, you know, I go on Facebook, I go on social media, but all people seem to be talking about is Donald Trump. All people seem to be talking about is the government. And that is the, the main thing that the news wants to talk about. That's the main thing that – and I'm not talking about, you know, wars or things that could actually result in the death of, or the loss of life. Like, you know what I'm saying, like – and we can talk about that stuff, soldiers dying or different things, veterans dying. We can talk about that stuff, actual loss of life. But we're talking at the end of the day, we're talking about tabloid stuff. 
You know, the mainstream media has become nothing more than a tabloid, than a reality show. We're talking about Donald Trump and Omarosa. You know, she has, I'm going to videotape you. I'm going to secretly record you, and I'm going to this and that. Like, this is all petty things. Why is that front page news? Why are people so mad about that? But I hear so little about what's going, you know, people actually getting shot, people actually being killed, people, you know, home invasions. You know, people who are actually actual criminals, you know. And these are things that I just want to kind of keep. And I know I talk about it a lot, but I want to kind of keep it in the in the forefront because it seems like the further and further we go along, the more brainwashed people get, the more hypnotized people get by what the media is forcing down our throats, which is that of politics. And politics is what's happening is politics is being used to distract, being used to enrage so many people. It's being used to divide a nation. Right? It's like if we're if we have this, you know, black versus white, the people versus the government, what what, what people don't understand is that the government is it's not a it's not a contest. It's not a it's it's something that's just how it's supposed to be. The government is not for us. You see what I'm saying? And so I want to just I want to talk a lot about that. But I want people to understand that it's like well, the government doesn't care about us. Trump doesn't care about us. The government is racist, guys. That's you guys forgot about slavery. Like slavery is that that was under the United States government, Jim Crow, civil rights movement. This is all these are government policies. These are actual laws and legislation put in place by the government. So there's never been a point where let's make America great again. America has never been great from that regard, for us at least. America has never been not corrupt. America has never been for the people. You know, whether it's Obama in office, whether it's Trump, whether it's Bush, it doesn't whoever comes next, is not the government is not for us. That's not what they're there to do. They're not there to help us. So you know, but what we, so we have no control over that. What we do have control over is, you know, what we can do in our communities. We can try to, you know, the Walmart stuff, the Chicago stuff. This is something we can actually do something about. See young girls walk around half naked, guys sagging their pants, the gun hanging out the side. Like, these are things that we actually have, you know, have an influence over. One of the things I said online, I said, if you, if you put your faith, if you put your trust and hope in elected government officials, you're going to be pretty disappointed every time. I mean, that's, that's just way, and that's what we're seeing. That's what we're, that's what's happening right now. We have so many. That's where the anger comes from. I think people got so spoiled from the emotions of seeing the first black president. It's like, wow, our, my you know my expectation is super high. That may, maybe just maybe. The government can help us. Maybe the government is there for us. There's someone in office who looks like me, but what people don't understand is that presidents, it's, it's, it doesn't matter who sits in the chair. The office is corrupt. So it's like you can't – it doesn't matter who's there. You still got to play the political game. You still got to do the favors. You still got to pay back the favors. You still got to you know, play that corrupt game that Bernie Sanders and many others have talked so much about. The system is rigged. So it doesn't matter who's in, you know, Obama, Trump, whoever comes next. 
It's a, it's a rigged system. So my point is if you put your faith and trust and hope in these elected government officials of a corrupt government, you're going to be disappointed, and that's what we're seeing now, right? We're seeing now. It's, it's what we should have been seeing this whole time, but we got a little distracted with Obama in there, but now it's just like reality is setting back in. Like, wait a minute. You know, like we, the, this government is not for us. This is a racist government. People get so caught up in Donald Trump as a racist. What you mean, Don? He may or may not be. The government, wait, listen, it's a, the government itself is racist. How do you explain all the jails? The, how do you explain so many different disparities, the school system, the neighborhoods? It's not the president. It's the system. I mean, it could be the president too, but it's, it's the senators. It's the congressmen. It's the, it's the judges. It's your employer. It's your boss. It doesn't matter. It's, it's your, your racist neighborhood watch captain. Walking around like George Zimmerman, it's everybody. It's it's America. That's where we live. You don't want to live in a racist society. You know, go move to. I don't know where you're gonna to move to, but you know, don't definitely don't live here. All right. So something else I said online. I said, here's a thought. Let's turn off the lies of CNN. You know, turn off the lies of NBC because that's what it is. It's lies. Fox News, stop relying so much on the mainstream media and take some time to invest in the truth that can be found in the Bible. Because, we, we, like I said, we become hypnotized. I'm not going to say we because I definitely don't. I try my best not to. But if you, if you focus on you know, Lester Holt every night, Chris Cuomo, CNN, like, that you're going to be brainwashed at some yeah it's so it's it's not reporting anymore it's not journalism anymore all right it's it's media manipulation it is propaganda it's a specific and deliberate attempt to distract from the real problems that are plaguing us in this country you know the real agenda at hand um, so, but yeah, like I said, turn off the TV for a little while, log off the social media for a while, and see how happy you are, you know, because you're not allowing yourself to be, you know, just go through that that hamster mill, you know what I mean? That they, just, you know, what I mean? it's just like a a rat race. Every day, every day, turn on the news, turn on the the, the laptop, your smartphone, you see the same things over and over and over and over and over and over again, and it will destroy you internally. It'll take away your joy. Everyone's going to be mad at each other. You guys ever see The Purge? It's interesting because people act like a lot of this stuff is fiction, but that's really where we're going to. You know, if you look at the, the you know the film, I only watched the first one. I think the second one too, maybe. But now there are like a million of them. But if you watch these films, you ever notice how angry people are, and they, they're they're so angry to the point that they have a specific day. That may seem crazy, but it's really not that crazy if you look around you and and recognize just how angry people are with themselves as well as each other. You know, a lot of stuff you see on TV it's it's not so it, it's not so far in the future that we can't imagine it happening. I wouldn't be surprised if something like that happens, you know, in the not so near future, not so distant future, I should say. One thing I said online, I said I don't. I said I don't know about you, but I'm blessed, and I'll continue to be blessed regardless 
you know, what Donald Trump does, you know, because we see what's going on. Literally every day, whether he does something, whether the media says he does something, whether they make, you know, like they, they make up some, you know, big thing that's really not a big thing, or other things that maybe may be big things. But either way, we're getting fed, you know, something every day. It's like, oh, my God, Donald Trump did this. Oh, my God. And it's been that way for ever since he announced his president or his campaign for the presidency. And if you can't see an agenda there, I don't know what to tell you. You know what I mean? I if you think about that every single day. I mean, everything that's going on in the world. But literally, from the day he announces presidency, Donald Trump has been front-page news every single day. And if you don't understand what's going on with that, I don't know what else to, to say. That There's a reason for that. Okay, It's called money. It's called advertising dollars. It's called ratings. It's called manipulation. All right? And that's not to say that he's not, you know, uh, responsible for the things that he's saying and doing. But when you have someone only focusing on one thing, like for, let me just give you a quick example. I'm going to talk about this a little bit later on. Everyone's talking about LeBron James. LeBron James, he opened up a school for like, what, 500 people, 500 kids in, in, in the Akron area? Great, wonderful. That's great, excellent. I'm going to talk about that a little bit later. But watch this. Come on, when's the last time? First of all, do y'all even know that Akon is responsible for providing electricity for literally millions of Africans, you know, across the continent? Like, do people even know that? Like, that's, just, that's what, no, you know, LeBron James is a celebrity. That's not to take away anything from LeBron James, but that's just one example. Akon is literally, you know, has programs in place specifically to, to, to provide electricity and, and things like water and basic utilities for millions of Africans that otherwise wouldn't have it. Did, just ask yourself, did you see that story on CNN? Did you see Don Lemon doing a sit-down with Akon to talk about millions of Africans now having electricity? I didn't. Maybe I missed it. Maybe I was out doing something else that day. I don't know. Maybe I just missed it, but I'm pretty sure it didn't happen. And these, that's just an example. So my point is when, you know, there's – and that's not to take anything away from LeBron James, but you just got to ask yourself if you have two great things. I'll give you another example. I forget who was it. Shoot, I don't even remember. I forgot to write down the name, but it do. But some white celebrity. It's, it's crazy. They, he paid for somebody's groceries. You know what I'm saying? And it was on like Access Hollywood. The lady didn't even. Know, she didn't have enough money. He paid for the for the groceries. And this was like on CNN. I, it was maybe a country music. I, I really forget who the white celebrity was. A, a guy. It'll come to me in a little bit. And then I'm on Facebook and I see a story about Ludacris. Doing literally the same thing. A black woman, single mom, she didn't have any, she was starting to put back some of her groceries. He was like, no, don't put nothing back. I'm going to go ahead and pay for your groceries. Literally the same thing happened. He did the same thing. So it was on CNN. Do you think that that was on Access Hollywood or, or Extra? No, it wasn't. My point is there are specific things that the media puts out there front and center. Just like when a white cop commits a, a, a crime or a shooting against a black man, but a black cop commits a, a, you know, a crime against a black man, it's not the same vibe. It's not the same, uh, doesn't have the same coverage. 
there's an agenda at place to keep us divided, to keep us angry. White versus black, racist versus non-racist, that's what they're doing. It's big business, but a nation divided is a nation that can be controlled. So I just want to throw some of this stuff out there. Like I said, you don't hear a lot of this stuff uh, on a regular basis. One of the things that's, that's interesting is that, you know, everyone's mad about Donald Trump, right? Everyone's mad about Trump, whether it's the racist stuff, whether it's, you know, national, uh, you know, immigration stuff, whether it's, uh, you know, foreign policy stuff, whatever is going on, people are angry. But what's interesting is, and I talked a little bit earlier about the, 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 the music and the artistry that's out there in, in our industry, and I did some research. Some of the most re- requested and popular music in the black community, it degrades women, right? It, it glorifies sex. It glorifies drugs, gangs, uh, violence, killing, rape. I mean, we get mad about people like Bill Cosby. We're mad about Trump. A uh, big thing now this week was, you know, Donald Trump called almost a bitch. Okay, you know, all right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I mean, how how many times do we do we, you know, call women bitches in our in our music? How many times do we call do, do we disrespect women through music videos, um, all types of things? And at some point, we have to stop the hypocrisy. At some point, we have to say, you know what, you know, what's good for the goose is good for the gander. You know, like we can't be mad as, oh, Donald Trump, he called one of our women a a bitch. How many times has Meek Mill called women, black women bitches? How many times has Jay-Z called black women bitches? T.I., Lil Wayne, uh, you know, Rick Ross. I mean, literally, like, the, the, mo- the most popular artists, like, are, like, if you think of the biggest black artists, whether it's female, whether it's men, the most popular black artists, they disrespect women, and they glorify things that should not be glorified. You name one. I'll do this. Name a positive black artist right now that's popular. And when I say positive, I mean someone that doesn't glorify sex, promiscuity, guns, drugs, violence. Like even back in the day, and this wasn't even, you can't really say back in the day, you still had artists like India Ari. You had artists like Alicia Keys, right? You had artists, I mean, I'm not even talking about the Gladys Knights and their reason. I'm not even going back that far. I'm just talking about like a few years ago. You had a Lauren Hill. Where are these artists today? Jill Scott. You can't, and I'm talking about like the urban uh, radio stations. Name a positive black artist right now. You know, someone that actually uplifts, someone that actually inspires and encourages young women to R E S P E C T themselves. Just, I'm just, I would just like, you know what I mean? Name one. It's, I can't, I'm sure we really, 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 really tried hard. We could think of a few, but it's like the fact that I do this and I'm in the industry and I talk about this stuff every day and I can't think of not one person off the top of my head, 
that really inspires and, and, and you know puts out positive messages, that's a problem. So, but yet we have all this outrage over what's going on in the White House. Well, forget the White House. What about what's going on in our own backyard? What about what's going on on our own radio station? People want to boycott the NFL, but are you boycotting your own radio stations for only playing artists by sex, drugs, and violence? I haven't heard anyone say, "Hey, you know, let's you know, let's boycott uh, the Breakfast Club, but let's boycott." I'm just thinking of some some popular stations here in Philly: Power ninety nine, New York Hot ninety seven. Let's boycott these stations because the the most requested artists there, you know, are the ones that are are not really uh, things that our kids should be listening to. And if you and I'm cool with it, like if you say, all right, this demographic is or this music is going to be for this demographic, but radio had I've been in radio for going on 15 years at this point. If you look at, you know. Demographics. That's all these stations do. They track this stuff. So if you have thirteen to twenty-five year olds, you know that primarily listen to this station at this time, and you look at the music that these stations from that time, you're, that means you're deliberately poisoning these these young minds with this music. Yeah, that's per, that's on purpose. That's not an accident. It's not a coincidence. You're saying we want 13-year-olds to listen to SZA glorifying adultery, being a jump-off. You know, Beyonce or, or Nicki Minaj, you know, Bar- Barbie Dream song. It's, it's you know, it's, it's, well, you know it, it is what it is, but it's like, where's the outrage over that? Because this stuff makes me kind of angry. Because again, my daughter is six, and I now I'm, I'm seeing now that excuse me, she's seven. She'll she'll hit me if I, you know what I mean, if I make that. Mistake. I'm seven yet, but she's seven years old now. So at seven, you know, she there there they know everything. They see everything. They hear everything. So now I'm trying to shield her from certain things as much as possible. But collectively, as a community, we need to be trying to shield our daughters and their friends and and, and so on. But yeah, so the whole Donald Trump called her a bitch. Did that? Did he go too far with that? I think that's. I mean, I'll be honest. I'm just gonna be honest. This is keeping it real, Fridays, guys. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm gonna be honest with you. Said worse to people at, at stop signs. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I've I've had road rage worse than that. You know I've, um, you know I think it. We're all human. Um. I'm in a group, uh, all men's group, and it, um, and I know men who have been calling Omarosa, black men, Omarosa a bitch this entire time. F that bitch, or she's this, and then she that was this coon, or she's a sellout bitch. I hear black black men calling Omarosa a bitch, and have been hearing that for the last several years. Oh man, F that bitch, she this and that. But Donald Trump says it, it's a problem, and I think at the end of the day, don't we all have people in our lives that, if we're being honest? Your boss, your, you know, your secretary, your, you know, the the woman who's having sex with your man, oh, that's that bitch, and that that hoe. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, let's be honest. Like, if you get mad at someone and it's a female, ninety percent of the time, ninety percent of the people are calling her a bitch. So this is someone who, 
is who has been loyal to Donald Trump this whole time, to someone who's been close to him, and now is basically snitching on him, betraying him, putting him, you know, trying to put him on blast. I'm not so sure I wouldn't use that same term myself. I'm just being, I'm not saying that's right, but I'm just being honest with you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, so, you know, it kind of is what it is. I think that one thing that's been missing from from politics uh, is realness. You know, love him or hate him, he's going to speak his mind. He's going to, you're going to get what he feels. And, and, you know, I enjoy that, to be quite honest with you. A lot of people say, well, you know, the office of the presidency should be more prestigious. You know, uh, he's the president. Like, and I, maybe I'm a different type of person, but I don't really look at the the United States government as prestigious. In fact, it's the opposite for me. It's like you're corrupt. You're racist. You, you people, you guys know what the that the president does. I don't care what president it is. You, there are people who go to you and say, "Hey, look, we're looking for this terrorist. We think we found him." You know, he may be hiding in this hospital, though. That's the only thing. Do we have your authorization to go ahead and, and take out the number one uh, most wanted terrorist, you know, in al-Qaeda or wherever? You know, it, it, yeah, it, it does mean bombing the hospital, and, and it will kill 100 innocent women and children. But, you know, we have a 95% chance that we can get this number one uh, most wanted terrorist. We need your authorization, Mr. President. Can we do it? Uh, that, yeah, it, well, it will save thousands of lives because they, you know, they they have killed thousands and probably will kill more thousands of people. So, I mean, it's up to you. Should we do it or not? And and pre- there are presidents, Obama, Trump, and this is not stuff that you hear about. This is not stuff that will be broadcast on CNN. But they do that type of stuff. You know, they they author Obama authorized more drone drone strikes killing innocent women and children than any president in the history of the United States. I don't know how many Trump has. I know Bush did a lot of My point is, is these, these are people who are ultimately, you know, not good people. You know, you can't be, you know, a quote-unquote good person. You can't be, have the type of morals and values that you would want to have, you know, and lead a nation that's historically been corrupt. It, does, it doesn't go together. So that's what I say to those people. I don't put the office of the presidency on a pedestal. It's the, it is what it is. People say, oh, he's a lowlife. Yeah, I'm sure he is. He's a businessman. He's been doing this stuff for years, screwing people over Trump. Why do people expect so much? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like what, at what point did y'all expectations get so high? You know? Separating of families. I did a show a few months or, or, or a few months ago at this point on on just the separation of of, of families and essentially everybody was saying, "Oh, Donald Trump is separating these families and he, he has no compassion. He doesn't want these people to come over." I posted on my Facebook page a video of Barack Obama doing an interview telling them, "Did y'all see it? It's on my page. It's his. It's him saying specifically, telling he's like, look, stop sending your kids over here.' <laughs> it's crazy." It's like Obama is saying, like, yo, if you send your kids here illegally, he's like, first of all, don't send them here illegally. And if you do, I'm going to send them right back. I'm like, yo, he, that's what Trump is, is being criticized for. And, you know, this is not just Obama. It's not just Trump. 
This is the government. The only difference that we're seeing now is that CNN is talking about it. People act like kids are just now getting separated from their families. People acting like these immigrants are just now being put in cages. This stuff has been happening. I was talking to my mom and my dad the other day. They were like, yo, no, that stuff happened when y'all were kids. They've been doing this stuff. Yeah, it's just the, the agenda is at work right now, and that's why CNN is talking about it. It's not that this stuff wasn't happening. It's just it wasn't front-page news. There was no reason to put it front-page news because it would have made whoever at that time was protected, oh, they, you know, they didn't want to make them look, so we just want to focus on this. This stuff has been happening. But now it's like everything Trump does, for whatever reason, is, is a hot topic. But all this stuff has been, been going on. I'm just here to tell you all that. A lot of people don't – I don't know what people think, but it, this stuff has been happening. You know, and just think about Think about so much stuff that we hear about now that we didn't hear about the last eight years. Y'all think none of that stuff was going on? Come on. What else? Now, here's what's interesting. And what's interesting is this whole term, coon. Shout out to people listening on, uh, on Facebook Live. I see some of y'all listening on Facebook Live. Uh, blog talk network, however you're listening, cell phones, smartphones, laptops, whatever, iTunes. One of the things that's interesting is you know, D- uh, Dak Prescott, who plays for the uh, the Dallas Cowboys, has been under fire recently. Everybody's saying, well, you know, he's a coon. He, he's a sellout. Steve Harvey's a sellout. Kanye West is a sellout. One of the things, you know, these black, the black pastor, that's another, you know, thing. There's John Gray is a sellout, you know, for meeting with Trump. Now, let me, one of the things I found interesting, I said this on Facebook. I said, so let me get this straight. People want to protest issues, test issues. They want change to come about with certain issues and topics, whether it's prison reform, immigration, whatever. But, they they don't want to those people who are passionate about those issues. They don't want them to meet with certain people who are actually in positions of power about these issues. That's interesting to me. It, it's interesting at, at how ridiculous that is. Let me tell y'all something. The last time I was live, I remember saying this. A lot of this stuff is just for cameras. It's just for show. People want to talk. They want to do these press conferences. They want to talk about stuff. They want to act like they're protesting, but they really don't care about the actual change because they'll tell you, "Oh no, I don't. I, I want this to happen." But the people who are actually in positions of power, who can actually snap their fingers and actually make this thing happen, I'm not going to meet with that person or those people. Well, that's that's how you know it's fake, right? That's how you know it's fake. You don't have to agree with someone. You don't have to like someone. But if you want something done and you're passionate about a particular change that you want to see put in place, you're going to go to whoever and whatever you have to do to to make that happen. I'll give you an example. I don't like police officers. I don't like going down to these government, these city offices. I don't even like going to the DMV, taking a number, sitting down, waiting for, you know, but when it came time to, for me to get my gun permit, I said, you know, I want to get a gun. I want to be able to carry a gun for many reasons. 
having a wife, having kids, just being a black man, you know, I, I you know, wanted to be able to protect myself. So I said, well, how do I do? So I downloaded the application. I filled it out. I did what I had to do. But then I had to go downtown, and I had to sit. And I think I was, it was, I walked in, it's crowded, it's packed. I had to do that. Um, it was like I was there, like, basically all day, like three, four hours. But that's what I had to do to get to the end result. Did I feel like wasting a whole half a day, you know, on, on that? But that's what had to be done. So my point is, if you're passionate about prison reform, or, you know, you want someone freed, or you want this and that, or, you, or even inner city stuff, you know, inner city crime, violence, you would be a fool not in the presence of, hey, look, wait, I don't like you, you don't like me, but something's got to be done. So let's sit down and figure out what we can do together to get, you know, get these guns off the street, get these gangs situated. Goodbye. We don't have to like each other. Let's just, you know, figure out what we can do, you know? And you say, no, I'm not even going to go. Yeah, the problem is still going to continue, but I'm not. That's just stupid. That's just, you know what I mean? That, that, there's no excuse for that. That's that's ridiculous, and, and people will will call people who are actually about making change, or really about the business of change. They will call them sellouts, and I don't, I don't get that. I people are scared of their Facebook friends. I I don't I definitely don't get that. You know, I per, let me just say I'm not afraid of this. I'm not afraid of not one person. I personally would go to the White House. And talk to Donald Trump. I'll talk to Barack Obama. I'll talk to anybody in the White House. If he said, "Look, you know, I have an agenda right now. I want to get some of these criminals off the street in Philadelphia. See that neighborhood that you drive through sometimes, where the crack crackheads are out there, the, the, the robbers, and the, I want to put a task force together. See if we can clean up that area. Let's, but I need some help. I want to get your perspective on that. Can you can you help out with this?" Because I'm here in D.C., but you're in Philly. Let me, you know what I mean? Can you can you help out with this with this agenda that I have? I would be an idiot to say no. Anybody would be an idiot to say no. Okay, that's just stupid, plain and simple. So now, do I? Does that mean that everyone that meets for meets with Donald Trump is is uh, passionate about actual change? Are some of these meetings, if you even want to call them that, just photo ops? Absolutely. Talking about those guys, I'm talking about people like myself or people like you or people who actually care about change. Everyone is not necessarily a coon for going to meet with Donald Trump, right? That's, that, that doesn't apply to everyone. That may apply to some people whether it's John Gray or, or, you know, whoever. But we need, to, you know, we need to stop judging people and what their passion is. I, mean, I, mean, I said something else online. I said online, our ancestors fought for our right to freedom and our right to freedom of speech and freedom of thought. That's what, our, that's what they fought with. My grandparents, their, my great-great-grandparents, uh, my parents, uh, a lot of people in the community today are still fighting for these things. And so what people need to understand is that everyone does not have to think alike. You guys know that, right? There was a, one of my Facebook friends who she said something like, 
we we all know that we don't support the Donald Trump in the White House, but something this and that. And I, I, I don't respond to a lot of this stuff, but I respond. I said, excuse me, first of all, I don't even know this woman personally, but I asked. I said, well, who, who are you referring to when you say we all? Like, I mean, who, like, I was just asking, like, who, who, do you, who are you referencing? We all. What does that mean? Does that mean, like, all we all black people? You mean your specific Facebook friends? Like, who is we all? Because I don't know if people understand, but millions of people voted for Donald Trump and, and still support Donald Trump. Right? I mean, that, 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 that's a fact. There are a lot of people. Who 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 who? Uh, somebody said we got disconnected on the Facebook Live. My fault. I'm gonna try to I'm gonna try to um, reconnect for the for the Facebook Live people. Give me one second. You see, uh, while I'm doing this, but you, you guys see what I mean? It, it's not we all because, and I'm not saying that I'm one of those people. Y'all know how I feel about this stuff. I'm not, you know, I'm not one of these. Oh, you know, Donald Trump and this and that and the government. I know you. I know the government is corrupt. I know like how the game is played. I, you know, what I'm saying I get it. But I think I feel like it's irresponsible to say, you know, we we all or or you know assume that everyone hates or doesn't support the Republican Party or everyone automatically is a Democrat. These are not things that I feel like are fair. These are things that I feel like are not should not be assumed. You know, and that's just me. You know, and that that makes me a coon. See, one of the things we don't understand is even what a coon is. What does that even mean? First of all, people don't even understand that was originally used as a as a derogatory term towards our own people. You know what I'm saying? That that's what that was. It has become, uh, you know, people who have no idea the historical significance of that. They they act like it. They think that it means they want to believe that it means that you are that it's anyone who goes against popular opinion. If all the black people in your Facebook friends list say one thing, and somebody comes out the the blue and says has you know a different opinion, then he must be a sellout, a coon, a sellout is someone who has an agenda specifically of turning on their own people and, 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 you know, trying to play to the rich white man's agenda. Okay. Like if you specifically have an agenda of betraying your own people or doing harm to your own people to further the rich white man's agenda of oppressing our people, then yes, that would be a sellout. But just having a difference of opinion is not, you know, being a sellout. Like, for example, Dak Prescott, I don't, nothing he said to me fits the historical definition of a sellout or an Uncle Tom or a coon or anything like that. If he's saying, look, he said, and I listened carefully. A lot of people didn't listen carefully because I like to listen to what people are actually saying. If he's saying, look, you know, I'm passionate about police brutality. I'm passionate about uh, the rights of African-American people. I want us to be treated fairly and equally in in a just manner. You know, but me personally, as a football player, I personally don't feel as though kneeling down during the national anthem is the best way to go about bringing about that change. Listen, Colin Kaepernick started that movement. I respect what he did, okay? 
there's nothing wrong with people who support him and how he's choosing to protest. But if if somebody else feels a little differently, you know what I'm saying? That that doesn't make that just means they they they're still passionate about you know our rights as African Americans. They're still passionate about ending police brutality. It just means that they particularly they have a different way of going about achieving that goal, and that's okay. You know what I'm saying? People act like you. Everyone has to think the same way, behave the same way, be passionate about the same issues, and you don't. All black people don't have to feel this, have the same opinion. Uh, I said online, it, it's very possible. Or what's this? I think I, I, was, I think we're reconnected back on the Facebook Live for the people who were uh, disconnected. But I feel like it's very possible to be friends with someone who has political beliefs that happen to be different from your own. You know, that's okay. That's not a bad thing. It's not the end of the world. It doesn't have to be the end of the friendship. One of the things I said online is never try to fit in, you know, where, where, you're, where you're designed to stand out and be exceptional. Because you know, that's what, that's what happens on social media a lot. Like, everyone just tries to fit in. Nobody does anything outside of the norm. The posts are all the same. The jokes are all the same. The memes are all the same. You know, the things you choose to share are all the same. But it's like, who's going to step up and be different? Who's going to stand out and be exceptional? You know, if what you're doing is the same as what everybody else is doing, I'm not knocking that because everyone's not a leader. But just don't knock the people who have the courage to stand up and express their own views. Like Kanye West. Now, Kanye West says some very stupid things. Kanye West says some very insightful things about the fashion industry, the music industry, politics. But at the same time, you know, he's still a clown. Like, he still, you know, he still says some crazy off-the-wall things. But if you, you, if you put someone into a, a box and says, okay, you're just crazy, you know, or even Donald Trump, you put him into a box. You know, he, you're a racist. You're you're this. You're that. Well, if and I'm not, if you do that, that's what you do. But just know that if you do that, you're gonna miss out on a lot of other things. But there's a lot of positive things, believe it or not, that Donald Trump has done, specifically for the African American community, that a lot of people have no idea about. Now I make it my business to know what any president does in my community. Right, I, I I could name ten really 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 great things that this, specifically this administration has done specifically for African American people. You know, off the top of my head, only because I've made it my business to research this stuff. Because you can't, you definitely can't rely on the mainstream media. Does that now? Does that mean that I'm a Donald Trump supporter? Does that mean I'm a Republican? You damn right, it doesn't mean that. Of course not, because I know the game, I know the industry, I know how this game is played. So I don't support any of these political clowns. But that doesn't mean I'm going to be naive and say, okay, you know, George Bush could never do anything positive, or Barack Obama could never do anything negative. Donald Trump can never do anything. That's just stupid to do. That's a stupid and negative and pessimistic attitude to have on life. Forget politics. That's just a glass half full, excuse me, glass half empty type of way of thinking. And I've never been that type of person. Colin, going back a second to Colin Kaepernick, I, I came across a story that was interesting. And I, y'all know me. I did a whole show on this whole NFL thing, you know, months ago. Listen, guys, everyone's talking about banning the, you know, or uh, excuse me, uh, boycotting the NFL because now there was a legis- or, uh, you know, a law passed 
or regulation passed saying that, you know, you, the players have to, they're required to stand for the national anthem. If they don't want to stand for the national anthem, they stay in the back. I mean, listen, these are millionaires. People say, well, because of this regulation, we should be boycotting. Listen, guys, this is crazy. I'll boycott the NFL. Well, first of all, I won't boycott the NFL. I'm just not doing that. That's just stupid to me. But aside from that, it makes no sense. Well, two things. It makes no sense to boycott uh, uh, an NFL league, right, when the actual players getting paid millions of dollars are not boycotting it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like if they say, okay, you know what, we're passionate about this, we collectively as the NFL, as the NFL players, we're going to boycott this season. We're going to sit out until this regulation is, uh, is, is done away with. We're going to forfeit our money if it means whatever happens to us, whatever, but we're, we feel strongly about this, and we're going to not deal with this. Okay, then you got my attention. But why are, think about what you're saying. You're going to boycott a league, right, where the actual players aren't even boycotting. Like, does that make any sense whatsoever? Like, black players, forget the, okay, the white players, so you know we're still going to play, we're, we're white. But black players are still going to play. Like, you ever, like, for example, you ever seen, like, a te- like a teacher's union? Like, teachers may not be getting paid, uh, at, uh, teachers may not be getting, uh, you know, uh, vacation time or, or whatever it is that they're trying to get. But they say, you know what? You know, we are going to boycott this because we feel pat. We're going to go out here. We're going to uh, forfeit our, our, our salaries. We're going to go out here in the rain. We're going to go out here in the snow and with our with our our our, our, uh, our picket signs, right? And we're going to say, hey, I, like this is. I feel strongly enough about this, so I'm going to boycott. But my thing is. Like that's how you know it's real. You're forfeiting your salary. You're for, you're forfeiting your your livelihood. The NFL. What are they forfeiting? Right. What what are they forfeiting? Why? And not not only are we saying okay, we're going to boycott, but there are people out here who aren't even not supporting the sponsors. You know what I mean? Like they're still buying the products that sponsor the NFL. Yeah, for, for example, remember when Bill O'Reilly was accused of uh, sexual misconduct and it was a whole big thing? He, was, he, he had a job. His job wasn't taken away. No, it was no problem until what happened? The, he, they started losing sponsorships. Sponsors started backing out because they said, you know what, we're not going to support a network that supports Bill O'Reilly, and that's when he was fired or whatever happened, that his show was no longer on the air. The sponsors, that's how you, you make a, an impact. We still support the sponsors. People are, oh, I'm not watching the NFL. Do you think they care if you don't watch? They care if you stop buying the products that you see during the Super Bowl, during these commercials, and all this other stuff. That's how you really make, you know, an impact. Now, aside from that, I don't feel sorry for Colin Kaepernick. One, because he's a millionaire, making millions of dollars in a number of different ways. But aside from that, he had a contract. You know, he I've said this many times before. I'll say it again. He, he had a contract. 
he had an opportunity to go to Denver into a much better situation. He didn't want to do that, so he chose to opt out of a $15 million contract with, with San Francisco and try his luck, which a lot of celebrities and a lot of uh, athletes do. LeBron did it. A lot, you, know, you, you, have a, you have guaranteed money, but you decide to opt out of that because you feel like you can get more. You're going to basically bet on yourself. I have no problem with that. You should bet on yourself. You, if you're confident in your skills, which Colin Kaepernick was at that time, he, was, he said, yo, you know, yeah, things aren't working out here. So he didn't foresee not being able to get that money back. There's no way you could tell me he didn't think he wasn't going to be able to get another starting job somewhere in the league. That's why he opted out. But what happened is he bet on himself, and it didn't work out. He thought he would get picked up. He thought he would get another starting job. It didn't happen. Now, we can talk about the reasons why it didn't happen, but the reality is it didn't happen. I used to gamble a lot. If you bet, you could double down. You see, you see, you know, uh, the 10 show. You play blackjack. You see the 10 showing. Or excuse me, you see the 8 showing. Hey, I'm a, you got a $100 bet on the table. You, you're hoping that 10 is going to come up and get the 21. Double down. As many times I doubled down. I'm to put it all in. And the 10 came right up. 21. Whoa, great job. High five and everybody to say, whoa, great job. And there's other times a freaking three came up <laughs> and the dealer ended up getting 20. All that money is gone. You can bet on yourself if you're feeling some type of way, if you're feeling confident. Sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't. For Colin Kaepernick, it didn't work out. For for a number of reasons, but whatever, the, it didn't work out. He bet on himself and lost. You know, and and that is that's part of the game. Iverson did. I mean, it's happened. How many or how many athletes out here didn't get picked up later on in their careers? The and if you think the NFL isn't racist, if you think the NBA isn't racist, you think what all these you know WWE isn't racist, all these your job isn't racist. All these jobs, guys, all these corporate jobs are racist. That's one of the reasons I got out of corporate America. I'm not with the, the you know, the shucking and jiving. I'm not, you know, I do a number of different things on my own to be able to live and support my family. But I, I'm not, you know, going back to corporate America, you know. And that's just what it is, you know, and that's a decision that we as African-American men have to make for ourselves. Do we go and do the shucking and jiving, or do we do we say, hey, I'm okay with walking away from this? I now I do respect what Colin Kaepernick. He's not out here complaining and moaning and this and that. Oh my God, he just hey, we're the ones out here complaining. He made a decision. You cannot go into corporate America, whether that's the NFL, the NBA, your job, working at the bank, wherever, and say I'm going to take a stand for black rights. You cannot do that and expect there to be no ramifications. You can do it, and we can say, wow, we respect you for doing that. But, that ain't that messed up that they fired the dude? That's crazy. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, that's not right. It's not, but that's what it is. Go, go to your job tomorrow morning, Monday morning, and then during the team huddle, whatever kind of meeting, the executive board meeting y'all have, whatever it is, you know, the back office at Walmart, wherever you're <laughs> I'm just – and do a, do the black power fist, you know what I'm saying, during the meeting. And how well that works out. Take a seat. 
turn around, we won't come and talk to you all real quick, take a knee during it, and you, you'll be fired. You won't get that job. America's NFL is no different. What else? I want to talk a little bit more about, uh, first of all, I, like I said, LeBron James. Let me just say this real quick about LeBron. <clears throat> LeBron James, you know, opened the high promise school. I, that's, that's wonderful. But one of the things I say about, I'll say about people is that if you historically criticize LeBron about basketball, you don't you know, you should congratulate him on this new school. You know, okay, because if you don't, that just makes you a hater. Like, I can't – I delete any person. I, and I just want people to know this up front because I, I like to be transparent. I like to just keep it real Friday. Like, if you are somebody who likes to just debate and argue and disagree with certain things, on my timeline or on my Facebook group, Friends of the Daydown Tolbert Show group, like if that's like who you are, every time I say something, you just want to come out of the blue and disagree with it. But yet, when my birth, my daughter has a birthday or I have an anniversary or it's my birthday or whatever it is, and you, or I post a Bible verse and you're nowhere to be found, I'm not going to argue with you. I'm just going to remove you. You're go- like, I don't like being around haters or people who only comment when it's something negative. I don't I don't like to do that. There's some people in my life, we, we argue and we debate every single day, right? We argue and debate every single day. But, hey, wow, your daughter had a dance recital. Wow, your son's birthday. Hey, he looked really cute. Like, you know what I mean? Stop to ignore all that other stuff because if that's you, then that just, that's what separates actual friends from haters. If I have a friend that I can debate with, but then go out and have a drink with, okay, that's a friend. That's not a hater. And I have friends like that. I have many friends like that. We argue and fight, but then we go bust it up, go play basketball or something. There's nothing wrong with that. So that's what I'm saying about LeBron. There's a lot of Kobe haters. There's a lot of LeBron haters. I'm not a fan of LeBron James at all. But I'll be the first to say I like what he did with this new school. Free tuition, free bikes, free helmet, free food. You know, whatever else they need. One of the things that I – now, here's the whole thing with LeBron back I – mean, LeBron and Trump back and forth. Let me just say this. Listen, I I get it. You know, I'm a man. Like, I get insulted a lot. People insult me, like, to say little slick stuff. Some stuff I let go, some stuff I respond to. But if you are – you have two of the most talked-about celebrities, Donald Trump and LeBron James. Now, Donald Trump lets a lot of stuff go. He's not going to put out a tweet against, I'm sure, everyone who insults him. But if you're arguably the greatest, one of the greatest basketball players of all time, one of the most talked about people, you know, in the world, and you blatantly come at my neck, you know what I mean, you insult me directly, guess what I would respond? You insult me. Guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to insult you right back. That's something I probably got to pray about. Y'all got to pray for me. But that, I'm not going to do that. I'm not just going to ignore you blatantly insulting in front of millions of people, and I'm just going to suppose to let that. But they say, well, but he's the president. But here's the thing, guys. In my, and this is my opinion. He's a man. You're a man who has a wife. You have a, you're a man that has children. There's certain things that I wouldn't feel comfortable as a man ignoring 
just for that simple fact. And if you're if you're a woman, you have but if you fellas, you know, if you're you're a man, there's certain stuff you might let slide. But if your wife is standing right there and somebody insults you, like you're not gonna, you can't go home at night. You, you, somebody's in front of your kids. You know what I'm saying? And they disrespect you. You can't let certain stuff go. And if we're talking about LeBron James and Donald Trump, I have no problem with LeBron dissing Donald Trump and Donald Trump dissing LeBron right back. What's the what's the problem? What's the issue? You know what I mean? Like he said, he said one thing about Don Lemon, and he threw LeBron in too. Like, okay, what's what's the story here? That two men going back and forth. Y'all see me go back and forth with certain people fine. Why? Because I have a million different followers, and you know what I'm saying. I should just you know somebody insults me directly. Oh, I feel sorry for your wife. This and that. She got. Oh, I'm supposed to just not say anything. We got to get past that. Now, granted, look, uh, Donald Trump does have a tendency to, you know, he he goes, he does what he does. He says what he says. Some people say that may be too far, but that's him. You know, at some point, we all have a breaking point. I mean, at, how many? I mean, think about that. Everybody and their mom is constantly insulting him. So should he never respond? Just because he's pre- I'm just asking. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm just asking. Should he never say anything? It's just, I mean, I mean, just put yourself in it. Imagine if you were Donald Trump and the whole world, which is constantly bashing and bashing and bashing, should he never respond? Should he never defend himself? Whether it's the media, whether it's LeBron James, whether it's the Democrat, whoever it is, should he never say anything? Should he never insult anyone back because he's the president? Just because we've never seen that from a president before? Shoot, don't, don't let me be president. Y'all don't want to see me. Y'all hate, if y'all hate it, y'all would hate me, really. You know what I mean? A couple other things I wanted to – I talked about ACON with the uh, providing electricity for millions of Africans. Great. Another thing I thought was uh, newsworthy, I, I read that Kevin Hart, um, he surprised kids with $600,000 in uh, scholarships to HBCUs, which I thought was really great. You know, you have a lot of these celebrities who don't – you know, they don't give back. Um, but it's great to see when, when someone actually does. So, you know, shout out for them. And then, like I said, the media doesn't talk about that stuff. If, if it's for us. You know, if it's going to benefit us, you know, maybe he's not talking about it. I want to, like I said, I want to talk a little bit about Aretha and, and, and some of the uh, Aretha Franklin, rest in peace to her family. Before I do that, I, want, I had some views on the stand your ground situation. I apologize. There's so much to talk about. There's been a lot going on over the last few weeks. Like I said, I took some time away. I went on vacation. Took some time away from the foolishness. But the, the, the guy... Uh, who, who was down there, I think Florida. Um, he was shot and killed in front of his girlfriend and, and his son. Um, he he. So what happened was, from what I understand, he the, his wife was being his girlfriend was being harassed by the white dude or had some words with the white dude. He comes over, he pushes the white dude, and the white dude gets up off the ground and shoots him. Now. A lot of people feel some type of way about that. A lot of people are blaming the standard. And actually, from what I understand is he actually was was charged after a few weeks. They changed their decision not to file charges, and he was charged with manslaughter, if I'm not mistaken. But I don't, I don't, I don't want to get into that. I don't. The law to me is not the problem. 
But what, what is the problem is we have a lot of people who were not raised from a street smart mentality. They don't have that street smart mentality. They don't have that, that – they don't bring that standpoint to it. Um, I was taught – first of all, I don't, I don't get into fights, okay? I don't remember the last time I was in a fist fight. I don't do that. My father taught me at a very young age. He said, look, he comes from the military. He comes from the streets. Uh, he taught us and, you know, me and my brothers and my sisters. He said, look, if you're, specifically my brothers and I, if you fight somebody, you don't know what type of mentality they're bringing to it. You don't know how far they're willing to take it. And this was before, you know, all the guns. You know, I mean, everybody had guns. And you don't know if somebody was going to pick up a brick and hit you. You didn't know if somebody was going to shoot you. You didn't know how far you would have to take it. You don't know what type of time you're He told us, look, if you fight somebody, you need to be prepared to kill them. He comes from Vietnam. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's, he fought in Vietnam. So it's like, you're not shooting somebody to wound them. You're, you, you know, if you engage somebody, you're going to have to kill them, but they're going to kill you. It's the mentality that we, that we had. So as a result, I'm not saying I'm a super tough guy. Let's go fight everybody. Let's go kill everybody. I'm saying that's why I don't fight people. You know what I mean? That's why I haven't, I haven't been in a fight in years, you know, because I don't want to have to take it to that level. I don't, want, I don't know, you know what I mean? You don't know where someone's head is at. So my point, my, my whole point with this is, with the stand your ground law is, first of all, it, as a man, this is just everyday being a man. Every man should know this. You don't put your hands on somebody, one, unless you're carrying a gun. Or two, you're a hundred percent, and I mean a hundred percent sure that they're not carrying a gun. That's just being smart. I mean, like you don't like think about it. like like Trayvon Martin. I hate the God bless the dead, and I hate to have to continue talking about this, using this as an example. That you don't do that. Trayvon Martin was beating George Zimmerman's ass. George Zimmerman was harassing him. Trayvon said, look, get out of my face. Leave me alone. I'm not bothering you. Keep walking. Let, let me do what I'm doing. Zimmerman pursued him, and Trayvon Martin beat his ass. He punched him in the face. He got on top and was beating him, beating him down. He was on top of him when he, when he was shot. The forensic evidence shows Zimmerman shot him from an upward position. Now, I'm not saying any – I'm not even talking right or wrong. I'm just saying that's just – you can't – had a gun on him, or he knew for a fact George Zimmerman didn't have a gun on him. You don't. That's the conf- one confrontation you don't want to have. You see what I'm saying? The guy, the stand your ground dude in, in Florida. I mean, he's an old white dude. Who would have thought? You know what I mean? Who would have thought he had a gun? Who would have thought getting pushed down would result in him losing his life? But I'm just saying. I'm not saying we got. See, a lot of people can't disconnect themselves from the right or wrong aspect of it. They can't disconnect that part. Well, now he was right, and he, he shouldn't have did it. It's not, listen, this ain't about right or wrong. My mom always used to tell me, you can be right, but you can be dead. Trayvon Martin, guys, was right. You will never, ever hear me say he was in the wrong. Trayvon Martin absolutely was right. George Zimmerman absolutely was wrong. But who's dead? This black man. He came out, he was defending his wife and his son. 
was he wrong for that? Of course not. I would have did the same thing. But he's also dead. Actually, I shouldn't say I would have did the same thing. I wouldn't have put my hands on him. But if somebody put your hand, you know what I mean? If somebody puts their hands on you, then that takes it to another level. But you just can't go around sucker punching people. You can't go around pushing people because you don't know where their head is at. And I'm, that's just a lesson I'm, I'm trying to, you know, pass along to my son, to people, to, to people who have children. You know, let them know, like, too many people out here fighting. It's sad to say we don't live in a society where fighting is the best course of action. It would be nice if it was, if you could just fight somebody and go on about your business. You know, and that just be that. You shake hands, you be cool afterwards. But that's just not the society that we live in. You know, guns, everybody has guns. So as a result, I have a gun. I have several guns, and that's just what it is. It's, we live in the, the society of the OK Corral, and that's just what it is. So, I mean, rest in peace to that man. But my, you see, my, my point is, every, but everyone's like, well, the law, the law, the standard ground law, we got to do away with that. Do away with it for what? What's wrong with the law? The law isn't the problem. The racist uh, judicial system in which the law exists is the problem, where you have men who will not be prosecuted for stand your ground, but you have black men who will be prosecuted. That's where the problem lies. But I don't believe that the stand your ground law is a problem. I believe that if someone attacks you, if someone assaults you, you should not have to run and flee. Why can't you defend yourself if you're being attacked? I think you should be able to. Some, if somebody attacks me in Pennsylvania and I have a gun, guess what? I'm going to stand my ground. That, you know, that's just what it is. And I promise if I would have been in that Walmart, you know, with my daughter, I would have stood my ground. That's just, you know what I mean? And I think that's what needs to be focused on. You know, not not the law, but the carrying out of that law. Let's tr- let's try to get out of office the racist prosecutors, the racist judges that like to misinterpret and misapply the use of these laws. You know, let's let's focus on that. Like I said, so so one last thing that I wanted to uh, really focus on is, uh, like I said, we 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 come from a. Uh, a time, and a lot of us, I'm, I'm 40, so I grew up listening to a lot of these artists that really encouraged and uplifted African-American women. Like I said earlier in the show, artists like Queen Nigel, SZA, Beyonce, Nicki Minaj, Cardi B, Little Kim, the list is endless. They're putting forth nothing but negativity out here. They're glorifying, not just, it's not just a little different, but they are literally glorifying the things that so many artists that came before them fought against. Well, you think about Aretha Franklin being the greatest of all time. Well, then how come, if she's, I'm going to just ask, if she's the greatest of all time, how come so many of these other popular artists are able to get away with doing the opposite and making the type of music that's opposite to that which Aretha Franklin brought to the table? How How is that even possible? Like, for example, if you say, all right, Michael Jordan is the greatest. Well, who was the closest thing that we've seen to Michael Jordan? 
It ain't LeBron. It's Kobe Bryant. Just because they're similar in size, they're similar in position, uh, they play the excuse me, they play the same position. They do the same moves. Kobe even had the time. Kobe literally grew up idolizing MJ, so he was like an MJ clone. Kobe happens to be probably my favorite player just because I grew up watching, watching him more so than Jordan. And he did basically everything Jordan did, you know, minus one championship. Um, but my point is, if you, you, know what you can't say someone's the greatest or you're great, but you're the opposite. LeBron James statistically has done a lot of great things, but you can't compare him to Michael Jordan. It's like comparing Wilt Chamberlain to Michael Jordan. It's two different players, two different styles, just two different, totally different players. Kobe and, Kobe and Jordan can be compared. They were, like, identical. Statistically, you know, uh, just a mentality, everything, de- defensively. Um, but with these artists, you know, it, it's, it's, I want to talk a little bit about some advice that I would give and that a lot of these women that came before these artists gave, this is the influence, this is what they want to be remembered for. I believe Aretha Franklin would like to be remembered for encouraging and empowering African-American women. One of the things that I said to women online, I said, you know, black women, specifically black women, stop letting the media brainwash you into thinking that you have to have light eyes, you have to have long hair, a big ass to be beautiful. You don't. These are all lies that the media, like if you look at these music videos, if you look at Nicki Minaj, you look at Beyonce, you look at just every image that's put in, you know, put out there. That's basically what you, what they want you to believe. You gotta have this exotic look, and it's really interesting because I talk to men every day, and you never hear a man say, "Oh, my wife has to be X, Y, and Z. She's got to look like Beyonce." In fact. Every man I've ever met looks at Beyonce like, I would never wipe that up. Uh, Nicki Minaj, I would never, ever even think about that. It's like, just look around. Look at my wife. Look at some of these other wives. Do they look anything like Beyonce? I mean, really just think about it for a second. Any man you know, any man you would classify as a good man, I don't know, just pick a, a good man that you think is a good man who happens to be married and has been married. Does his wife look anything like Nicki Minaj? Does she, does she look anything like Beyonce? Anything like these young chicks, Queen Naja, any of these weirdos, Cardi B? They, I don't even know you, and I don't even know the men that you're thinking about, but I can guarantee you the answer to that question is no. These are people that no one wants to be like. or excuse me, these, are people, these are women that are, I mean, to be quite honest with you, I mean, it's, it's, I hate to put it in this way, but these are all like government operatives, you know, and I, what I mean by that is there are people who have been put in place by the government, which controls the media, specifically with the purpose to brainwash and influence negatively black women. So that makes them operatives. You know what I mean? It's crazy to think like that. Yo, go ahead and watch Snowfall. I don't know if y'all watch Snowfall on FX. It talks about how crack hit the, the whole crack epidemic started. And it shows you how the government, specifically the, the CIA, was 100% responsible for putting drugs into the inner city and, and, and allowing the whole crack epidemic to spread like wildfire. 
The government did that. So, again, please tell me, how is the government not corrupt? Please tell me, how is the government not fraudulent? No, you think that they're only doing that type of illegal stuff with, with, with drugs. No, they're, influ- they're, they're infiltrating the black community, not just with drugs, not just with guns, but also with music, you know, with influence, clothing, videos, uh, entrepreneurs, reality shows, celebrities. They determine who becomes a celebrity. They determine who becomes influential. In fact, I forget why I saw it, but do some research. You'll probably hear more about it. Evidently, Rihanna was just chosen <laughs> as the most influential woman of the 21st century. Did you have anybody hear about that? I, I just saw that today. So, so, so think about that. So think about that. Rihanna, right? Now, if you look at her music that she's put out historically, if you look at her, sort, her sense of style, blatant, yeah, satanic and demonic imagery that she clearly and obviously puts into her music and, and videos, stage performance and things of that nature, the alliance with Jay-Z and all this other evil stuff. I mean, if you, I mean, just the, the promiscuity from her personal life. Um, I mean, so many things. If you look at whoever is choosing her to be the most influential woman, I don't know if they're saying woman or artist or singer or what, but it's a problem no matter how you look at it. If Rihanna, out of everyone out there, Rihanna, is, you know what I mean? Bad girl Riri, as she calls herself, is the most, you know, you know bitch better have my money. Uh, this, <laughs> talking about sex and KK, like all oh, this crazy. If she is the most influential, what does that mean? What does that mean? Because how old is she now? What, what, 30 maybe? So you figure how long has she been out? 10 years, 10, what, 15 years? So you look at, who had, what has her demographics been? She came out when she was 16. I know that. So from 16 all the way up to, let's say she's 30, who, if she's the most influential, who has she been influencing that whole time? If she's 16, then she's influencing young girls. If she's 21, she's influencing 21-year-olds. And she so think about that. She's all these young girls who are who used to be sixteen that are now thirty have been influenced by bad girl Riri. All the negativity she's put on, all that horrible imagery. And now look at we where we are. Look at society. And nobody sees a problem with that. This is what I'm telling you. She's the she was just named the most influential woman of the twenty first century. If no one thinks that's a problem, you're you're blind. It's the crazy thing is people will think there's more of a problem with Donald Trump than Rihanna being the most influential woman of the 21st century. That's the craziest thing about it. If you have kids and you think Donald Trump is a bigger problem than Re- people like Rihanna or Nicki Minaj or Cardi B, see, the problem is he, it's, it's weird because the reality is Donald Trump is basically at this point universally regarded as – you know, not so good. No one is looking at Donald Trump like, oh, well, I mean, a lot of people are, if you, you know, you support him. I'm saying, like, the people that don't, the black community isn't largely influenced by Donald Trump, right? 
people can say, and, the black, and I'm worried about us right now. I'm talking about the black community. The black community isn't, Donald Trump isn't influencing us negatively. He's not hurting me. He's not hurting my daughter. He's not, I'm not worried about Donald Trump. You see what I'm saying? The people that we in the black community need to be worried about are not the, the quote-unquote racist, but the people who are loved. You see what I'm saying? If someone can't influence you positively, you know, or if they can't influence you, if they're not influencing, then it's not a, really a big deal. But the problem is when you have little girls looking up to people like Rihanna, Beyonce, Cardi B, talking about, I want to be like you when I grow up, that's a million times more dangerous than Donald Trump could ever be. You know, these little girls said, I want to, which a lot of young girls are, I'm going to start my mom. I've, I've, I've personally heard young girls say, I'm going to start in a strip club and work my way up. I'm going to put out, I'm going to, I'm going to give a, one of these dudes some, I've heard, I, I'm in the streets. Like I hear what these young girls are saying. These young guys are saying, I'm going to get that nigga some pussy and I'm going to let him tape it. And I'm going I'm to I'm tell him I got to keep it, but I'm going I'm to release it. I'm going to end up like Kim Kardashian. I'm going to blow up like Kim Kardashian. I've, per, I, I've personally heard young girls say that. These are real stories. That is a million times more dangerous than anything Donald Trump could do. Yet, who's everybody talking about? It's amazing. One of the things I said online is, uh, you know, never allow people who are insecure about themselves to make you insecure about yourself. And that's what really happens a lot of times with this dating stuff and relationship stuff. That's one of the things that Aretha Franklin was putting out there. She was saying, look, you know, respect me. I don't care how you feel about yourself, but you're going to respect me because I know inside I'm beautiful. One of the things that I did and my, fam- my, my sister did, my brother did, we were forced to wake up in the morning at about 6 o'clock before we went to school, come downstairs to the mirror in my mom and dad's room, and read out daily affirmations. I am beautiful. I am smart. I will do great things. I am handsome. I am beautiful. I am pretty. You know, I'm intelligent. Like, whatever it was, we did that every single day. My mom, you know, I don't know where she got these affirmations from, but that's what we did in front of the mirror. Guess what? As a 40-year-old man, you can't, you may not agree, but you can't tell me I'm not handsome, I'm not intelligent, I've, you know, done great things. You can't tell me differently. And I think we need to get back to that. We allow too many people who don't feel good about themselves to make you try, you know, feel negatively, negatively about yourself, whether that means it's a relationship, whether that's a, a teacher, whether, you know, boyfriend, girlfriend, you know, Donald Trump, what's going on politically, whatever it is, people are angry and, and, and not living life from a joyful standpoint like they should be. Let me tell you something. I don't care. I said earlier in the show, I'm blessed no matter what Donald Trump does, no matter what Donald Trump says, no matter what Obama does, Clinton does, whoever. Every day is a great day. Period. And if you don't have that mentality, if, if, what, if your day can be affected negatively by something that goes on in Washington, D.C. or wherever else, you're not living life the right way. Because I, I have a good day no matter what. Because I got a wife, I got two kids, I got a dog, I got a, a bank account. Like, I'm good. 
Period. Like, there's no but. There's no, like, that's just what. And too many people out here are not living life from a joyful standpoint. One of the things I said online is uh, I did a show last, or the last time I was live on on old, you know, fake wannabe Internet players. I talked about sex groups. I talked about these Facebook groups and, and, and sites where people get together to hook up and to be hoes and to be fake wannabe pimps. And check that show out if you missed it. It was a crazy show. You know, but one of the things I said is that no matter what social media says, class, dignity, and self-respect will never go out of style. That's, again, that's something that if you look at these new young artists coming out, that they're trying to disprove that theory. They're trying to say, no, no, you don't have to be classy. Slutty is the new class, you know, uh, less skin or showing more skin and less clothing is is the new trend. That's what's in now. But that's, I disagree with that. I don't agree that you have to be a hoe. I mean, would you believe, did you guys know that there's no such thing as a hoe anymore? Yeah, I know that, right? I never thought that I'd see the day. You know, everyone's talking about, they're on this Aretha Franklin high, this kick. You know, wow, Aretha Franklin, but all of the, after all of that, people are still saying, well, go try to call somebody a hoe or try to just speak about hoeish behavior and see the backlash that you get. I remember back in the day, there was a time when if somebody said, like if you, if you had a two females, if you go out with your girlfriend and you leave her to go home with another dude and you have sex with that dude, She'd be like, girl, you a hoe, right? I mean, you know, that's, that's, you know, maybe in a joking way, but, you know, that's just really what it is. Girl, you a hoe. Yeah, you know, whatever I did. Like, well, even on Love Jones, one of my classic all-time shows was about 10 years ago. I did an analyzation, Love Jones, crazy show. Go back and listen. Check out the archives. And I talked about that. And the girl, and Long called, wait, the girl, wait, Nia Long's friend, in the movie, called Nia Long a hoe for having sex with Lorenz Tate. Did you guys know that that's no longer allowed? It's no longer allowed for women to to call women hoes. It's no longer, it definitely isn't allowed for men to acknowledge harsh behavior because everyone is quote unquote judging. You know, it's, it's that's where we live in, and it's crazy because. It's. I come from a time when it was real. Like if you had sex, there was a guy back in the day. His name was uh, Uncle Eddie. He was notorious here in the Philadelphia area for molesting little kids. Like he would pay pay boys to uh to basically take take craps on them. If you're from Philly, you probably remember hearing that name. His name was Eddie Savage. Look him up on on Google. He was in the Philly area. They called him Uncle Eddie. He would like, yo, let me take a crap on you. Like I pay you twenty bucks. And, like, he was universally known. Like, that, that's just what he was. Like, there's no way. If you pay little boys to piss on them and, and, and crap on them, you're a pedophile. That's just what it is. There's no – doesn't matter what you, you say you are. And, and watch this. And it's not judging to say Uncle Eddie was a pedophile. That's just what it was. Right? If, if I say, you know, dang, my, my pockets are a little light right now. Let me, uh, I need to make something happen. Let me, let me go talk to this dude. Let me go find a plug. 
plug for this weed, for this coke. Let me, let me sell a couple couple bricks and get this money flowing. I'm not, I mean, you, you can say what you want about why I'm doing that, but no matter what you say about the reasoning, I'm a drug dealer, right? If someone sells drugs, then they're a drug dealer. If somebody has sex with little boys, little girls, they're a pedophile. That's just what it is. If you are a man who goes around having sex with different women all the time, like you're a player, you're a dog. That's just what you are. There's no way around that. That's what it is. That's what it always has been. If you are a man or a woman who sells sex, like you have women who you pimp out to different people, they have sex, they get money, they give that money to you, you're a pimp. You know, say, oh, yeah, that dude, he's a pimp. That's that's not judging that, but that's just, that's just what it is, right? Listen, I don't care what, but yet, yeah, this is the funny thing. And I don't really care about the backlash, but I don't care if it's 2018. I don't care if it's 1999. If you are a woman who goes around giving up the ass to multiple niggas, you're a hoe. Like, that's not, this is keeping it real Fridays. That is not, I don't care what day it is. I don't care what year it is. These, there are certain things that will never go out of existence. Pedophiles, drug dealers, pimps, strippers. If you slide down a pole doing splits on the pole, you're a stripper. Like, that's just what it is. You can call yourself an exotic dancer. You know, you, you can call yourself whatever you want. But at the end of the day, you're a stripper. And if you give up the ass to multiple dudes, then you're a, you're a hoe. Fellas, too. You're, you're, there are male hoes, too. So, like I said, we have to get away from the, the uh, you know, making excuses for things that are ultimately destroying our own community. We have so many women out here disrespecting themselves, disrespecting their bodies. We have so many men out here who are preying upon those women who disrespect their bodies. It's, it's, no, uh, it's no surprise at how messed up our community is. And so for me, we talk about, you know, we want change. We want to do this. We want to do that. But the only way to really change, the, you know, we talk about, I saw a statistic where it's about how many, the percentage of, of black boys that are raised in single-parent homes and, you know, just this and that. You you can't change those statistics. Obviously, nobody wants these young boys, these young girls to grow up in single-parent homes, but to change that narrative, to change that direction that we're going in, you got to change your behavior because what's happening is, and I'm just going to be honest with you, i got to keep it real. It's keeping it real Fridays for a reason today. You can't be a woman out here, ladies. Somebody said, Dad, they don't, you don't keep it as real as you used to. I said, what? You crazy. I said, let me keep it real. I said, listen to tomorrow's show. I said, ladies, you, you can't be out here having, like, okay, you, you, you date somebody, right? You know, you meet them. You, you talk on the phone for a little bit. You text them. Y'all go out. Y'all meet up. You come back to the crib. You have sex. This is only after a few days. Then y'all have sex again. And, and then you go out with your girlfriend. You meet somebody else. Oh, you like him too, so you have sex with him. And a couple of weeks later, the dude who you thought ghosted you, then he comes back in the picture, texting you, oh, Dad, what happened? You played me. You, you stopped calling. Oh, no, 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 I was just busy. To, okay, what's going on? You have sex with him again. 
You know, we had, and, and now next thing you know, you're having sex with two different dudes over the course of a month period, two month period. You know, you, you keep that cycle going over the course of a few, several months, several years. You know, you've been with 30 guys, 40 dudes, the, the, the soul ties, the, the emotional effect that that's had, it, it plays a major role in um, how men are looking at you and, and not wanting to wipe you up. And so that causes a certain level of bitterness, ultimately depression. And and then that's – but yet, you know, like I said, the, a lot of these situations, the condom has come off a long time ago. Those, those, relate, those situations are resulting in babies, pregnancies, and then there you have these young boys, these young girls growing up in single-parent homes. That, this, that whole thing, guys, don't make it blame. This is not, uh, okay, let's blame the women or let's blame the men. It's not about who's to blame. It's about how do we as a community get to the bottom of this? How do we bring about some level of change in society that where we see women having more respect for their bodies, R-E-S-P-E-C-T, for their bodies, which will ultimately result in men changing their behavior. Because if you really listen, I didn't, bring, I didn't pull up the lyrics to that song, but if you really pull up the lyrics, the song is about women will not allow from these men. You see what I'm saying? But ladies, I got to be honest, if you are, Got engaged, but if you look at you know everything that's been going on historically, she's basically very open with her sexuality, which basically means she has a lot of sex with a lot of different people. And it's just like you look at Nicki Minaj; she was on uh, Jimmy or uh, Stephen Colbert talking about what she would do if if uh, how she would have sex with Stephen Colbert, Colbert to the point so good that he would marry her, and her last name would be now be Nicki Colbert. Like you don't even know this man. Imagine Aretha Franklin singing a song about having a sex, excuse me, having sex with a man she just met. I mean, just 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 think about that. The way Nicki Minaj did. Nicki Minaj just came out with all the sex she would have with different celebrities, different rappers. You know that's being a hoe, right? Like if you say, okay, I'm gonna have sex with you, I'm gonna have sex with you, I'm gonna have sex with you, gonna have sex with you. like that's a hoe. Like, what is that other than a hoe? If you're a man or a woman who doesn't respect your body, that's that's called being a hoe. And all I'm here to do is up everybody. And I'm doing this specifically today because we're now we're grieving, we're remembering, we're honoring the life of of the great Aretha Franklin. You know, like we have. If we're gonna remember her, if we're gonna honor her. Let's really do it. Let's really, you know, em- embrace the, the, you know what I mean, the ideals that they put forth. To me, that's what's most important. That's what needs to be remembered about the great Aretha Franklin and, and many others that came before her that encouraged real empowerment, not this fake empowerment, not, you know, oh, yeah, I can have sex with whoever I want, whenever I want, and now so I, because I'm empowered. No, that's not empowerment. Empowerment is respecting yourself. So, 
I'm not going to hold y'all up, man. I'm, I'm going to get ready to wrap it up. But I, I want to thank y'all for, you know, for listening in. Um, you know, I know it's been a little while since I was live. I wanted to bring back Keeping It Real Fridays just to, just to remind y'all, man, like, there are people out here who actually do keep it real. You know, this is the original. I've been doing some research. I didn't want to really put it out there. But this is the original prior to the Dayton Talbot show. Uh, period. Do that, then certainly someone who historically has kept it as real. You'd be very hard-pressed to find that. And if you do, let me know. But I want to thank you all, not just for listening today, but for being around and being supportive and, um, you know, just, just acknowledging uh, positivity. I feel like, you know, we live in a society where, you know, there's not enough support, you know, whether it's clothing, whether it's fashion, whether it's music. You know, a lot of times we'll rather support the other people than to support our own. So just want to thank everybody for their con- uh, continued support. I'm uh, still working on the book. In fact, uh, look out for that a little bit later this year. But also, I, I, I someone reminded me that I'm coming up on the 10-year anniversary of my release of my two-disc CD, What Women Need to Know But Don't Want to Hear, which sold thousands and thousands of copies about 10 years ago. It seems like it was yesterday, but I'm actually going to be re-releasing that uh, on, on all – because I was selling those out of my trunk. I was selling – I just got, you know, first shipment of 1,000, and I blew them out immediately. Then I ordered another – you know what I mean? I was doing like that. I was just blowing them out old school style. But I'm actually going to be re-releasing it for the 10-year anniversary uh, on, on, all, on all digital, you know, platforms. So look out to this CD, what women need to know but don't want to hear. So look for that. Look out support, and I will see you all next time. Motivation. Child, a date on top will come and rock your world. Mm. A date on be your motivation. Child, a date on top will motivate you, girl. A date on be your motivation. 